0: Open Books with Claire is a proud member of the Create Vine and is produced by Mecco Radio. Welcome back to Open Books with Claire. On Open Books with Claire, we explore characters and how they drive the stories we love. So today I am going to give a short, spoiler-free look at the book, The Lost Hero. But don't worry, following the spoiler-free section, I, along with my guest host, will dive into a spoiler look at today's book as well. So The Lost Hero was written by Rick Riordan. I think I'm pronouncing that right. So this book, The Last Hero book series, it's part of the Camp Half-Blood Chronicles. So it is kind of like a sequel to the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series book. Of course it has some additional characters along. It's um it's actually the first book. Is, so Percy Jackson was written in first person uh with just us hearing it from Percy's perspective, but this book, The Last Hero is kind of the first one that is told in a third-person perspective, so we have three different people that we kind of see uh, the story told from their view, and that's Piper, Jason, and Leo. So this book follows Jason, Piper, and Leo as they kind of they find out that they are half-bloods or demigods, and they kind of have to work through the emotions that come with that. You know, whether it confirms things that they've suspected or you know, confuses them even more, and uh, they kind of, they go on an adventure together, and they kind of have to work through kind of this new life, because, I mean, it's kind of a shocking thing to find out, you know, you're the child of one of the ancient gods of Greece, so kind of cool. All right, so on to the spoilers. To join me in that conversation is my friend, Cambry.
1: Hi, my name's Cambry. And I am from Utah, and I love books because they make life interesting. I remember um, like I learned how to read pretty early because I had to do an extra year of preschool because I was born early in the year, but not I wasn't old enough to go to kindergarten yet. Um, <laughs> so I learned how to read before kindergarten. So I was reading earlier than everybody else. And I just, I fell in love with the characters and the plot. And so much so that I actually decided to become a writer myself. I haven't published anything yet, but I do have some stuff on Wattpad. You can find my stuff under GensoCam. That's J-E-N-S-O-C-A-M at Wattpad and I've got some really awesome Percy Jackson fanfics as well as my own original stuff. So go ahead and check that out. Um, and I guess I will see you there.
0: Yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, I've known Cambry. Well, I mean, we haven't like known each other for super long, but you know, I, I do know that she's definitely a fan of books. Whenever <laughs> <laughs> that just kinda you know, that's kinda obvious with the with the conversations that we have. both kind of geek out about the books that we're reading and especially The Last Hero. Honestly, Last Hero, one of my favorite books. Like my email is The Heroes of Olympus. Of course I spelt it wrong because I made it when I was fourteen. But <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're we're huge Fans of this book, honestly, I think this book series one of my favorites. But uh, would you like to tell us a bit about what happens in this book
1: for those out there listening? Sure. So, like Claire said, um, Leo, Jason, and Piper figure out early on in the book that they are um, demigods, um, and I love how this story starts. Jason is the first point of view that we get and he wakes up on a school bus with no idea where he came from and how he got there or even like who he is. Like he doesn't remember when his birthday is or anything like that. And he's like, what the crap? What is going on? And they're going on this field trip to the Grand Canyon, which of course ends up going wrong because demigod life. And they find that they're found by the legendary Annabeth Chase, who comes storming up to them, all angry, being like, where the heck is Percy Jackson? And that's kind of the inciting incident of the story, like trying to find Percy Jackson. And it's kind of a big shock because of course, if you've read the previous books, you're, you're like in love with Percy. And then the first thing you find out, find out in the next series is that Percy is missing. And it's like, what? What happened? So it's pretty, a pretty genius start, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely. I actually read the Heroes of Olympus before I read the Percy Jackson series, so I had no idea. I mean, I knew from like the movies that had come out, um, like a general idea, but like not how good the story was. Like I read the story, like the the series after, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like people are missing out on so many good. Like just the comedy. Oh my goodness! I love the way that he writes his first person novels.
1: Yeah, because
0: they are hilarious.
1: Yeah, (laughs) they're (laughs) interacting (laughs) with
0: the reader, asking them questions, and the sarcasm. It's just, it's just prime.
1: So Jason Piper and Leo, I'll go back to Camp Half Blood with Annabeth, and they kind of each have their own. Um, Backstory that you kind of learn throughout the story, but essentially they all get chosen by the goddess Hera or if you're Roman, Juno to go on this quest to free Hera because Hera has been captured by the giants and it's kind of a big deal because the giants are the only ones who really got close to defeating the gods And so things are repeating themselves and Jason and his friends have to stop it. And so they go on this quest together on Happy the Flying Dragon or Festus. They run into a bunch of like side adventures where they almost get frozen to death in Quebec or they almost get eaten by Cyclopes. And so they run into a lot of problems along the way.
0: Yeah, they definitely have some crazy adventures honestly some of my favorite scenes are them just like running from danger and flying off on festus which i just love yeah that like as soon as leo tells everyone that his name is festus jason's like you know you named your dragon happy right (laughs) right
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love I love that first of all Festus can change into a freaking suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> like what the heck? Um I think one of my favorite mini adventures is the Midas one where they find Midas, King Midas, and Leo has to like lead them through all of these booby traps in Midas's yard and then they finally get inside and like the king Of course, his touch turns everything to gold, and so Jason has to defeat him by himself because Piper and Leo get turned to gold, and he uses lightning to, like, you know, strike the gold statues because they conduct electricity, and, you know, it's just a really cool um, show of Jason's ability as a son of Jupiter. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, I quoted that scene the other day where he's, he's like, you know, you know what else gold can do? It's an excellent conductor. And then he like, (laughs) (laughs) with lightning. I quoted that the other day. It was beautiful.
1: Yeah, I think it's hilarious. Like the way that Jason beats um, Midas's son, I think it's Latireses is how you pronounce it. But like Latireses is like a really good swordsman. And so he's fighting Jason, but then Jason, like, trips him or something. I don't remember exactly how it happens, but he basically tricks Midas into touching Mm -hmm. his son. And so it literally sees his turn to gold, and it's really funny. He's like, Dad! (laughs) And looks all, like, affronted at his dad being so (laughs) stupid to touch his son. (laughs) Yeah, well, and, uh,
0: like, through that whole, like, battle scene where they're, you know, fighting with the sword, there Jason has these great comebacks at him. He's like, how are you so good? And Jason's like, "Um, well, after the Greeks were defeated, Romans showed up, and guess what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... We love Percy because we have his backstory, and I wonder if we would love Jason even more if we had, like, his growing up at Camp Jupiter story. Like, I feel like there's a lot of his character that we're missing out on. Yeah,
0: because we we don't get that same development. Because with Percy, you see him develop from this 12-year-old boy who doesn't know much and doesn't feel like he's... good enough almost i don't know like he he struggles right like transferring to multiple schools um right is like every year yeah yeah like because something goes wrong and he feels like he's messed up but then he you know you see him uh grow up and you see him develop into this character um this amazing character and like this amazing guy yeah. And so but you're missing that with Jason. Although you do get a little bit of his development because he has the amnesia. Well, I mean, find out that his memories were yeah. stolen.
1: But. He has to kind of like relearn who he was. Yeah. Um which does kind of help us a little bit, but we still don't get to like see it happening. And so there is a little bit of missing um character development there because we're learning his past with him. And so he's almost like experiencing his past through somebody else's eyes at first. Yeah. Which is completely different than going through it yourself. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Although we do get a little bit of a flash from his past in The Lost Hero when Thalia shows up or mm-hmm. however, I don't know how you say it. Talia? Thalia? Thalia? Um, I, think I grew up saying it Thalia. Thalia.
0: <laughs> But, yeah, she shows back up. I mean, she is a boss character. Can I just say? awesome. Like, daughter of Zeus <laughs> becomes, hun- like,
1: a hunter of Artemis. Right. You're just like, oh, my goodness, girl. Yeah. Like, I really want her to be in the story, like, way more than she is. Yes. Just because she's so boss. And I'm like, how come Talia doesn't get more attention? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. Even in Percy Jackson, like, she was only there for a little bit. And then, then
1: she – Yeah, like <laughs> – I mean, spoilers for the last book, but she's not even like in the last battle, which was so disappointing to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of disappears. She comes back, you know, to tell everyone, uh, like confirm that Jason's her her brother, and then just kind of, you know, disappears again.
1: Right. It's really disappointing, but whatever. Yeah, so th- I think that's probably pretty important though, that scene for Jason's character at least because um he- that's his first like I know her, this is somebody from my past, whereas he doesn't really remember anything else. And so when they meet each other in that cave with the wolves, there's like a bonding moment there and I think it's important for Jason especially because Thalia comes back to help them. At the end of the book, when they are fighting against the giants and their minions um, to free Hera,
0: yeah. Well, and he's, I, <laughs> I think it's so funny. So he he had found the picture of her, right? Like the little the little photo.
1: Strip, yeah, in like the photo in picture. the Zeus cabin.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I know this girl,
1: and they're like, and Anubis, like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> like, how is that possible because I also knew this girl but... right and she doesn't have any brothers or sisters yeah and then you find out she jealous. Jealous.
0: Yes. Um, right. ah. <laughs> but I love how Piper's jealous like Piper Piper is one of my favorite characters of course it's really hard to choose between all of them because they're all just so great but I have a hard time with Piper <laughs>
1: I mean, back and forth, back and forth, you know. Yeah. She gets really great in The Blood of Olympus, but I think up until that point, I'm just like, she's such a drama queen. I mean, she's a daughter of Aphrodite, so that, I guess, explains a lot. But I just think it's funny that she is so determined to prove that she's not a normal daughter of Aphrodite, but yet she thinks exactly like one. Oh, yes. Like, all oh. she worries about is Jason. Not not is he going to be okay, but, like, how is our relationship going yeah. to fare? Which, I mean,
0: <laughs> she did, you know, have a hallucination almost. Like, she thought they were in a relationship. True. Turns out they weren't. That would be kind of shocking. But then she just takes it to the next level.
1: <laughs> right. And I'm not saying that, like, if I was in her situation, I would have acted any differently because I probably would have <laughs> been exactly the same. But... I'm just saying, like, if Annabeth were in that situation, she wouldn't have been so – like, she would have tried to put it out of her mind yes, instead yeah. of, like, trying to it. worry about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, I mean, you know, love-hate relationship, she gets better further. And, I mean, the other thing yeah. is she also gains more confidence. I think that, that has something really. to do with it, too. Like, she has no confidence in herself and her abilities – and like right. the one thing she was kind of confident in was her relationship, and then that was also taken.
1: So yeah, I mean, because I mean, if we're talking about Piper, the whole plot of this book is based on this thing happening with Piper's dad, right? Because her job is to lead her friends away from Hera because her dad has been kidnapped by a different giant, and so the giants have like tried to use her dad as bait to use her to distract the group so that they can so the giants can win out against Hera before the demigods get there. And so Piper is going through a lot in the book at this time. Like she's gotta deal with not only does her boyfriend not remember anything about her, but her dad has literally been kidnapped Oh, and guess what? She's also the daughter of the love goddess. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, ew. Just piling on. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I give her, you know, I can understand her situation. She's got a lot going on. It's just that throughout the rest of the series, she doesn't really, like, change until book five. Yeah. And that's when I really start to like her a lot. Yeah. But...
0: Yeah, before she's got, that,
1: she's got a, such a change,
0: right? To her, she's I guess grown up almost. Yeah, like, through
1: her trials, but yeah, I feel like I feel like when I mean, again, spoilers for the rest. I don't know if that's okay. Can I spoil like the rest of the series? I mean, sure. I mean, if <laughs> okay, anybody comes yeah. to listen to this, they they gotta be prepared. <laughs> okay, so like I think after Annabeth and Percy um fall into Tartarus, I think that makes Piper have to like step up mm-hmm. step up a little bit. Yes. And take yeah. Annabeth's spot in the crew. And so I think that was a really big character um change for her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, up until that point, she's I'm just not very impressed with her <laughs> very
0: much. Yeah, with the way that she deals with her struggles. Yeah, it's a little bit hard, but um she she does become a really good character by the end of it. It just takes her a couple yeah. months to get there. It takes her a little yeah. bit, you know, she's gotta go through a little
1: bit more. Um, yeah. On the other hand, though, Leo oh is freaking hilarious. Oh <laughs> and Leo. I think he's yeah. like every fangirl's favorite character except for maybe Percy. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
0: he is <laughs> amazing. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and Leo's been through so much. You're just like, I know. You know, your mom dies because you uh-huh. accidentally set the shop on fire because, you know. Yeah, this
1: evil Mother Earth is, you know, wrecking life right? plans. And-, and you find out that Hera, like, was his nanny the whole time. Oh my goodness, that was the biggest plot twist almost. Like, like what the <laughs> heck? And she like, she, like, encourages him to use his magic and, like, pick up snakes and <sighs> puts him to bed in the fireplace. And it's like, okay. <laughs> A little weird. Right, <laughs> But then I think this is kind of what brings the resolution and falling action to pass is that the whole time these characters were growing up, Hera was like nurturing them mm-hmm. so that at this moment when she was in prison, they would be ready to help her. And so Jason is like fighting all of the bad guys, like all of the monsters, while Leo and Piper are working on dissolving this cage that Hera is in. And so Leo has to use his fire and mechanics to saw into the cage. And Piper is using her charm speak, which is a gift of Aphrodite, to um, put Gaia, who is making the cage, to sleep. I think that that's that's a, the most intense moment of the book, especially when next to Jason, Talia like is frozen in a block of ice because Keoni, <laughs> stupid ice goddess. Oh, my goodness. Um, but yeah, like all of that tension with all of the each of the characters has their own problem to deal with. And of course, then the giant king rises out of the ground and it's like, oh, shoot. That's exactly what we didn't want to happen. <laughs> um, oops.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that, that giant rising, that was one of my other favorite moments with Jason is because, like, the giant, because he, he's, you know, the king of the giants, right? Like, he's, he's the biggest, the baddest, whatever. And he's boasting about how he's that and, you know, how he's going to destroy everything or whatever. And then he's like, and what have you done? And Jason's like, are you done? It's my turn. And then, like, starts listing all
1: of these things that he didn't even know he did. You're just like, yes! Yeah! And you know what's awesome, though, is, like, we kind of get this in Mark of Athena a little bit, where there's that tension between Percy and Jason. Yes. But it's like, okay, which character has actually done more heroic things? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's another reason why i want jason's backstory because like he's been he's known he's a demigod since he was like two years old yes yes he's and been so, like it for forever right so he's got to have more under his belt right but like we almost give percy more attention just because we know his story and we see the heroic stuff that he has to do and i do love though when and this is kind of a son of neptune thing i'm sorry i just like talk about all of the books. (laughs) But, like, Percy, when he's at Camp Jupiter, is like, he's just kind of casually, or I think Juno actually casually throws out that he defeated Kronos on Mount Olympus. And, like, all of the Romans are like, what? (laughs) Yep, it's like, (laughs) yep. Got that under my belt. (laughs) And so I think that's. I mean, Jason has. I think Cryos was the Titan he defeated. Yes, yes. But like Kronos, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they're they're very close in um, all of the heroics that they've done, um, and that, I mean, I guess that almost puts Percy higher because like he did all of that in only, like, what, five years or something? whereas yes, Jason's, like, yeah. been at camp for 12 years or something. So, like, in half the time, Percy's done pretty much the same amount um, yeah. as
1: Jason. And so... Although, granted, you know, Jason... Jason was dealing with the political intricacies of New Rome, that's whereas new. Camp Half-Blood really has zero politics. So... Um, <laughs> but, like, New Rome... Yeah. Like New Rome had like the different cliques, you know, it was like the fifth cohort was the underdogs Mm -hmm. and Jason went in and was like, okay, we're going to make them not the underdogs. And so he brought them back up to the top. And I think Jason was more concerned with fixing the problems at home. Mm-hmm. more than he was about like going on quests and stuff. It's true. Um, which seems more like a Camp half thing anyway mm-hmm. is to go on quests, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely very close and you can see that, you know, in, in later books because of that you know, back and forth, who's going to be the leader of the
1: group kind of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> fighting for the chair at the head of the table. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> And they both just like stare at each other, like, dude. And then they give it to Annabeth or something. Yeah, you know? that was probably a better idea,
0: anyways.
1: Yeah, and we all know who's really in charge of the Argo, too, right? That's like, true. like for reals. <laughs> Yeah. She is the
0: battle strategist, so... It's true, and she she has years under her belt. True, Because she was... Yeah, she was there since she was five? Seven? Se- seven, maybe? Because she ran away... Uh, she yeah. ran away when she was
1: five. Yeah, I think she was seven.
0: So, she's been there for quite a while. She's a... Uh, I don't know. Does she have more years well, than she's Jason been, or less? What? She's at less Logan? than Jason, right?
1: Well... I, I think it depends on how long Jason was with the wolves, because at That's Camp true. Jupiter, like, they spend time training with the wolves first, and then they go to Camp Jupiter. So yeah. I don't know how long, like, Percy was only there with the wolves for a couple of months, but he was also, like, 17 almost.
0: Yeah, well, and he had already trained, so, like, it would already be natural movement, it's just... Right, whereas end.
1: Jason was a two-year-old.
0: Yeah, so and I know that Jason has 11 um 12 strikes on his arm I think for his tattoo. Oh yeah. So he's been he has at least 12 years so maybe more than Annabeth cuz she's 17. Yeah. Or two. Can
1: you imagine though like this little 4-year-old like waddling into Camp <laughs> Jupiter being like I'm going to join a cohort. <laughs> like what do they even do with the toddlers that show? <laughs> cuz like it at Camp Half Blood, they just join a cabin. Yeah, <laughs> but like at Camp Jupiter, it's like a freaking army. Yeah, it's not like a it's not like a summer camp. It's like you're joining the military. You're here for life, <laughs> almost,
0: right? <laughs> but very well planned. Like this this whole book, it's just very well planned out. Like having to tie Greek and Roman gods and goddesses together, changing their personalities a little bit. Like,
1: yeah. You know, and maybe we can talk about this when we get to Blood of Olympus more, but like the Prophecy of Seven, mm-hmm. right? I I think the first few times reading the series, I was like so confused because it kind of felt like Rick Riordan was like just kind of making stuff up as he went along because I didn't feel like the prophecy was completely fulfilled the way he had originally intended. That's true. but. I think the last time I read through it, Leo has so much foreshadow Great. to what happens. And so I like re-looked at that. And I was like, no, Brian totally knew mm-hmm. what he was doing the whole time. So yeah, I agree with you that like they're well planned out to the point where I thought that they weren't. <laughs> yeah, very true. Like it was so well like, Weaved in there that I was like, come on, how, how, like, why did you just like randomly decide to do that at the end? And then like, I go back and I'm like, oh, actually, I can totally see this like leading up to what happens. Yep. So.
0: Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, so the, the prophecy... Uh, so it's the great prophecy or the prophecy of the seven or something. And it's seven yeah. half blood shall answer the call to storm or fire. The world must fall um, an oath to keep with the final breath and foes bear arms to the doors of death. That's the prophecy that like spans the whole book. It also was
1: mentioned in. Uh, at the end of the first season. or at the end of the last book.
0: Yeah. And of it of just Achen kind of is. is coming into to motion now.
1: Yeah. So even back then he was like, planning
0: oh yes all of the like yeah oh, this has got to be planned honestly when I think of authors planning I just think of like those giant boards with like pictures and then like the string that ties different things together that's I mean <laughs> that's just it's what I
1: see. it's actually more like laying in bed in the middle of the night and then like sitting bolt upright because you had an idea <laughs> and then like grabbing a notebook and jotting it down really fast before falling asleep again like <laughs> that's that's a more accurate description. It's like, I got it. <laughs> that's awesome. My <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Uh, did you learn anything from this book? Like when, when you were reading, was there kind of like inspiration
1: or something? Well, I think there's stuff that we can take away. I don't know if like I needed this lesson, but like if we're looking for lessons that you can take away, I think – Piper has the most morally mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you know what I'm talking about like her line of the story has the most morality um check you know like mm-hmm. she has to deal with drew at the beginning where drew is like totally into Jason and she's the head counselor of the Aphrodite cabin and she just like makes all of these like rude comments about Piper and how she looks and that Jason could never be with a girl like, like her. And I think what's great is, I mean, we were talking about Piper's character being a little bit like too focused on the romance. But what I love about what happens when Piper gets back to camp half at the end is that I feel like her taking over the Aphrodite cabin from drew is less about Jason And more about taking down a tyrant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I love that Piper decides to do that because she could have just been like, I mean, I think she does say that, um, you know, Jason is mine or whatever, but I think that the point is that she hated how drew was running her cabin. Like she treated the other campers like slaves and she was rude and controlling And used her abilities to hurt other people instead of to be a hero. And so Piper used her same ability to flip the whole cabin around and to dethrone Drew. And I think that that's a great lesson because it, I guess, shows that on Piper's side of things, there are certain things that are more important you know like where where are her priorities because that's that's her whole storyline like we talked about she had that whole deal with her dad being kidnapped and yes they saved him at the end and managed to get everything done even though it seemed impossible at first she had to make the choice to go after Hera first before going after her dad you know like they had to put that as a they had to decide what was most important and that was her decision and I think that the same kind of um, symbol is with Drew where she could have been like, stop trying to hit on my boyfriend and made that the, the big deal. But instead she just was like, you can't treat people like this. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes Piper more of a hero than she was at the beginning of the story. Yes. Um, so that's, that's, I think the, the biggest lesson that I take away from that.
0: Mhm. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. You definitely see, and I guess that's part of her character development is she realizes that. And um, yeah, I I agree with you on that. There's definitely uh, a a lesson that can be taken from that. Uh, Do you have a favorite character from this book or can you choose or?
1: Can I choose a favorite character? I think the whole time I was just like, wanting Percy to be the main character. <laughs> I think, I think the the trio in this book like grows on me throughout the series. Yeah. But I, I just honestly missed Annabeth and, and Talia. Like I wanted more from those two because they were characters that I already loved and they were kind of only in it a little bit. And that's honestly something I think Riordan could have done better in all of his books is that he kind of puts in... He, he, like, relies on Percy and Annabeth so much.
0: Hmm.
1: And he doesn't really... Like, he has to throw them into every series. That's true, because they do appear... I think the only series they don't appear
0: in is the Kane Chronicles. Except they do have that spinoff. <gasps> oh, yes, they where do. they are together. So they
1: are. And it's like... Like, I just... Like, I love them so much. But it's almost like the other characters in the other books can't survive. Like mm. the books just wouldn't do as well. If Riordan didn't tease us with little Percy and Annabeth. Yeah. You know, like, especially I'm thinking of the Magnus chase mm. Chronicles. Like, I was just like, really? Like <laughs> now all it, like the only reason I wanted to keep reading was because they hint- he hinted that Annabeth was going to be in the next book or that, Percy was going to be in the next book you know and I was like I don't want to like be reading a book just for one character to show up for one scene
0: yeah
1: I think that there needs to be more so I think the Heroes of Olympus is a little better because Percy and Annabeth do have a more major role but I still feel like he tried to have other main characters and it just didn't really work
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: I I wanted more Percy and Annabeth. like especially in Blood of Olympus, they don't have any narrating chapters. Yes, they don't. Like it's back down to the original three, like, yeah. And it drove me crazy. <laughs> I, I think I read like the first four chapters and then I got bored and flipped through the entire book to see when Percy's chapter would be. And then I realized he didn't have one and I was furious. <laughs> and I think that that was something that Rick Riordan screwed himself with. Like, if we we are too dependent on Percy that we don't get we didn't take the time to love the other characters as much. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick a favorite character from the trio, I would have to say probably Leo in this book. Yeah, um, I think I changed to Jason later on, <laughs> but um, in this book, I think Leo is my favorite. Um, but yeah, I just I have a hard time with like teasing at. Mm-hmm the old characters. I'm like, just give me new characters that I love just as much. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I guess for me, it's a little different because I did read heroes of Olympus first. So like, I only knew a little bit about Percy Jackson. So I didn't have his first person narrative to, uh, to, to change that. So for me, it was a little bit different because I read it out of order. Uh, which I mean, I didn't even realize that there was a connecting until they mentioned Percy Jackson in the first few chapters. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> These books are connected. <laughs> That's new. Um, and so, but I still I still do get that uh, that thing with with Percy because he is like he's the star, Percy and Annabeth, like they are the like power yeah. couple, power duo, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, of those books, and then they show up in all of these other books, which I mean, make for some good
1: storylines and good connections. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. It's fun if you like the idea that they all like all the books connect, and I do. I like that they're all happening in the same world. You know, I think that's really fun, but I don't like that he's Rick Riordan is using it as a a bait. Like yeah. clickbait yeah. almost. Like, oh, this book has Percy in it. You should read it. Yep. But this is only in it for like a few much. pages, you know, just a little bit. Yeah. But he's still there.
0: Yeah, but he's there, so it counts. <laughs> I'm like, <"Nah." laughs> no. No, that, that, that makes sense. And I, I totally get where you're coming from. Because even with Magnus Chase, I was like, wait, they're going to show up in this one too? I mean, I didn't realize. I didn't realize so in the Heroes of Olympus, Annabeth talks about her cousin. She doesn't mention him, and then you have a series on him, and I didn't realize. I'm like, wait, what? I had to go back to the Heroes of Olympus, reread that part,
1: and then make the whole line where she's like, I have a cousin in Boston, and then Percy's like, you with the Red Sox or you with the Yankees cap have a cousin in Red Sox territory? And I thought that was like the funniest line ever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was awesome.
0: But, uh, so what would you rate this book out of 10? Like one it sucked, which I mean, I don't think we're going there, but uh, 10, you know, it was amazing.
1: Uh, I think I'm going to go like a six and a half. Okay. Um, I, I That's not going to hold for the rest of the series. Like if I was going <laughs> to say the series over, like as a whole, I'd probably go up to like an eight. Uh, yeah. Um and then individual books. Like The Mark of Athena is my favorite one mm-hmm. and that one's gonna be like maybe eight and a half, nine. Like I love that one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the first one isn't my favorite and i think it's it is because it is that character thing where i was just like who the freak are these guys (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) like give me like where the heck is percy (laughs) like (laughs) that was the only thing i think the first time i read it that was the only thing i wanted to know Mm -hmm. is like i don't care about piper's dad i don't care about jason's past like i don't care I don't, yeah, I just want to know what happened to my seaweed brain, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so true. that's the only reason it, it is a good book and it is the start of a really great series, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's like the best one. So I'm going to go like six and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, what would you rate it?
0: Um, you know, honestly. For me, I think it was, like, a seven and a half, maybe an eight, but that's because the rest of the series is, like, nines and tens, you know? Because, I mean, honestly, like, I think Mark of Athena, like, House of Hades was one of my favorites, like, pretty much on top, but then, like, Mark of Athena and the Blood of Olympus, like, are all, like, smushed together up there, so, like, they're all just kind of, like... My favorite, because they're I, all in it. Like all of the
1: characters, yeah. like
0: the first two books, you're just meeting them.
1: Yeah, that's true. I can't wait until we get to the Blood of Olympus, though, because I think we're going to have a lot of differing opinions on that book. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: I mean, I guess we'll we'll have to find out. <laughs> but, um, well, thank you, uh, Camry, for joining me today. Uh, do you have any,
1: you know, closing thoughts? It's a good book. And I think it's definitely worth a read, especially if you want to, like, read the rest of the series, obviously. Like, I I think it's one of my biggest pet peeves when people pick, like, the second book in a series and then they pick it up and read it. I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You can't do that. It's one thing, like, I think, Claire, what you did is okay because, like, it is technically a different series and it makes sense. Even without the context of the first one, Mm -hmm. but like if you're just gonna like pick up House of Hades, you're gonna be so lost.
0: Oh my! And you're gonna miss so many good parts.
1: Yeah. So even though I rate it a six and a half, it it's a needed read. Like you need to read it it to be able to understand the rest of the series. So Mm -hmm. definitely give it a read because the rest of the series is worth it.
0: Well, and honestly, for me. If you haven't read Percy Jackson, go read that first because there are so many books yes. that I missed the first time I read The Heroes of Olympus because, like, there, there are jokes that <laughs> I'm like, wait, the damn what? hole? Yes! <laughs> like, I, that doesn't make any sense. And Percy Jackson is like, Percy's like, inside joke. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is. I'm not in the joke. <laughs> so we'll read Percy Jackson and the Olympians Then come read House of Hades I mean not House of Hades Sorry the heroes of Olympus Don't start with House yeah. of Hades
1: Read the lost hero first You know what's interesting to me though Sp- Like one last thought About the whole like Percy's not really the main character But he kind of is Like the first two books are titled After him and yet the last book doesn't have his perspective in it. <laughs> That's so And cute. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with this series? Like, like the lost hero. Percy Jackson is the lost hero because he's the one that they're trying to find the entire book. And then the son of Neptune is Percy. But it's like, oh, he doesn't deserve to have a point of view chapter in The Blood of Olympus, and I just have real problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat>
0: that's awesome well thank you again yep for sure it was fun yeah i mean i love having conversations i love being able to geek out with someone you know like it's just it's amazing so yeah
1: (laughs) it's it's really fun
0: yeah And thank you for reading along with us. You can follow Open Books with Claire on Instagram using the link in the show notes or using our handle at Open Books with Claire. This episode was hosted by myself, Claire Oster, and Cambry. It was edited by Alex Williams. The music we use is by Paper Planes. And Open Books with Claire is produced by Mecca Radio. And we are a proud member of the Create Vine. Bye!